You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Glufosinate is an important and widely used non-selective herbicide active on a wide range of plant species, and that's the topic of our first RE snapshots of 2022. So resistance evolution to glufosinate in weedy plant species, including the global weed Eulacine indica, which is commonly known as goosegrass, is underway. So at ARI, Principal Research Fellow Chin Yu and her team have established the molecular basis of target site glufosinate resistance in goosegrass. And so in our first snapshots, as I mentioned, Chin will join us to explain the results in the paper entitled A Naturally Evolved Mutation in Glutamine Synthesase Confers Glufosinate Resistance in Plants. And we'll put the link to that paper in the show notes. And so basically this work reveals a naturally evolving point mutation in glutamine synthesase that confers resistance to glufosinate in eulacine indicate indica which is known as goosegrass so we're going to find out more that's quite a mouthful chin chin does join me now how are you going i'm fine and you good. yeah i'm good we're doing this interview in masks uh as required by the university at the moment um and it is a bit of a challenge especially with these big words but we're going to persist now not everyone in australia who will be listening to this podcast will necessarily be familiar with eulacine indica which is more commonly known as goosegrass, and we might refer to it as goosegrass from now on, and it's also known as crow's foot grass. So, Chin, can you explain why it's important to undertake the work to look at glufosinate resistance in this weed? Although glufosinate has been in commercial use for almost three decades, field resistance evolution has only been documented in a very few weedy plant species. Goosegrass is the world's first weed species that was identified to have involved resistance to glufosinate. Goosegrass is also a major summer grass in Australian northern agricultural region. Yeah, so this weed is important for our growers in the northern region, so interesting particularly for them to learn more about it. So your team did establish the molecular basis of target site glufosinate resistance in goosegrass, and this is quite complex, and while some of our listeners would be up to speed with this, many of us would benefit from a bit of an explanation in simpler terms. So, Chin, can you give us a brief reminder on target site resistance and what you found with glufosinate resistance in goosegrass? Okay, I will try. Herbicides bend to enzymes and proteins that are involved in important life processes in the plant, thus preventing enzymes or proteins for their normal function and causing plant death. Target site resistance is often caused by gene mutations that reduce herbicide binding to the target. The relationship between a herbicide and its target site likes a key and a lock. When a lock that is target site is modified such as by mutation. The key that is herbicide cannot fit in to interact with the lock. Evidently, this target site mutation in goosegrass is a weak mutation, endowing a low-level resistance, but sufficient for plants to survive the field glufosinated rate. Other non-target site resistance mechanisms remain to be determined. 
Okay, no, that does make sense, Chin. That's a good uh, explanation. And uh, for those who might have missed it, they can always rewind and go back and listen to that um, explanation again. But ultimately, this work does reveal a naturally evolving point mutation in glutamine synthesase that confers resistance to glufosinate in goosegrass. So can you explain what this means from a weed control point of view and, and how do farmers prevent glufosinate resistance? Glufosinate use will likely further increase. This is because, first, glufosinate will replace glyphosate and the paraquat because glyphosate resistant weeds are widespread and the paraquat has been removed in some countries. Second, due to future adoption of transgenic crops stacking multiple resistant traits, including glufosinate. You cannot actually prevent resistance evolution to glufosinate, but you can do best to slow down the evolution. The management strategies applicable to other herbicide resistant weeds are also applicable to goosegrass to manage glufosinate resistance such as using full herbicide rates, implementing non-targeted control tactics, etc. Certainly, Chin. And many of those uh, non-herbicide control tactics that you mentioned, as well as the correct ways to use your herbicides, we do promote all the correct usage of that through the Weed Smart Big Six, which you can uh, have a look at. That's our website, which uh, has all the research from around Australia and globally uh, that uh, breaks it down in easy, bite-sized informational pieces for farmers in particular. So I'll also link Weed Smart in the show notes. But Jin, can you talk to us about what the significance of this research is for uh, glufosinate resistance and if it's applicable to other weed species? Can you talk about the implications of this research in the broader terms? Sure. In addition to goosegrass, glufosinate resistance has also occurred in ryegrass populations elsewhere in the world, and the resistance mechanisms are largely unknown. Glufosinate is used in Australia, especially in glufosinate-tolerant crops, such as Liberty Link cotton and canola, for control of both broadleaf and grassweed species. Although currently there has been no report for resistance to glufosinate in Australia, it will likely occur in the future. So our work is proactive in the target site resistance research for glufosinate. Thanks for that explanation, Jin. And I think, yeah, that last point about, you know, the fact that it hasn't happened in Australia yet, but the likelihood is there is an important one to point out and, and really does speak to having to, yeah, really try and practice that best practice we control by using non-herbicide and herbicide tactics well, because obviously that does, like you said in your answer before, slow down that evolutionary process. Chin, you're very busy at the moment. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what you're working on at the moment and what's to come in the future out of your team? Currently, we focus on uh, work on the uh, metabolic resistance endowed by cytochrome P450 and also other researches like uh, uh, non-targeted resistance to uh, glyphosate in lolium rigidum. Peter Newman has recently done an RE Insight that is going to be published very shortly on the work you've done on trifluralin resistance. The paper is available and I'll put the link to that in our show notes. But can you just give us a brief overview of what this work is on for people who will be getting the RE Insight in their inboxes shortly? So briefly, this work deal with uh, that uh, fitness penalty of uh, resistance mutation in alpha tubulin protein, which is a target site of a trifluralin herbicide. So what we find is uh, uh, one of the mutations 
can have a very high fitness penalty. The plant uh, cannot set up seeds for the uh, progeny, and they grow like a spiral, like helicos. And so, well, another mutation can have even have a fitness advantage. So that's mean in the field, the the one the mutation has fitness advantage will become more and more cannot get away with. But the the mutation with a heavy fitness penalty uh, cannot persist. So we have to think about does any economic um, practice can suppress this uh, mutation in the field in the future. For more details, please read uh, Peter Newman's insight on tubulin resistance mutation nearly lethal to ryegrass. Make sure you're subscribed to RE Insight. I'll put the subscription link in the show notes as well so you don't miss that RE Insight. But that one is coming out shortly. But Chin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast for the first edition of RE Snapshots for 2022. You're welcome. (laughs) 